to listen today. Last week we started a study, uh, studied, started a series, on, and we, we're just calling it the freedom of forgiveness. And I shared last week that I believe the Lord is he's moving in our church. And he's moving among us because there's something that he wants to do. I really believe that. But one of the things that, that we have to do is we have to be ready to receive him. And we have to be ready to do those things that He wants us to do. And one of those areas that, uh, that he is, He's shown me that, that He wants us to deal with is area of forgiveness. And last week we talked a little bit about that, and I'm not going to go back and, and re-preach that. But today we're just going to look, I'm, I'm just calling this series Freedom of Forgiveness, and today we're just going to talk about the causes and the curse of unforgiveness, okay? Uh, it's going to get a little uncomfortable this morning, okay? I'm just going to warn you up front. Fair enough? I'm sure the Holy Spirit's going to make us uncomfortable. Uh, He tends to do that when we begin to talk about forgiveness and unforgiveness. I don't want you to raise your hands, but um, I'm sure there was a little uh, uncomfort last week. Uh, This week may be a little more uncomfortable, okay? Because we're going to talk about why we don't forgive. And so to talk about why we don't forgive, we have to talk about offenses, and we have to talk about sins against one another. And Alexander Pope was an 18th century poet, and he, he made a statement that, that we all quote all the time, to err is human, to forgive divine. And that's true. That's very true. Uh, as human beings, we all err. Amen. Let's just get that out of the... There's no perfect people in here this morning. Amen? Amen. Okay. We're, we're all on the same level playing field. But we all err. We all make mistakes. We've all said things or not said things. Or we've all done things or not done things that hurt other people. Amen? We've all hurt other people. If not physically, we've done it at least emotionally. Uh. Hurting people, like I said last week, and you'll hear me say this over and over and over, hurting people hurt people, okay? So it, it's just, we're going to hurt each other. That's, that's, that's a part, of, uh, that's part of, uh, of, of living if we're not careful. And, and, and if we don't hurt one another physically, which sometimes we do, we tend to hurt each other emotionally. We, you ever had your feelings hurt? Is there anybody in here that's not had their feelings hurt? Okay, is there anybody here this morning that may have not had their feelings hurt? There might, there might be a few. But it's, it's just, it's a part of living. It, it's a part of the, our human experience. And so it's, it, it's inevitable that we're going to hurt each other. And that you're going to hurt somebody, whether you want to or not, whether you mean to or not. Uh, as a matter of speaking, we're all porcupines, Okay. Everybody knows what a porcupine is, okay? And porcupines kind of wander around life, and, and we're like porcupines. We wander around life piercing the hearts of other people. That, that's what we do. Uh, we are at best, on our best day, we're still offensive, okay? And I'm used the term we, okay? This is not a you, me, this is a us thing. We're offen- and on our, our worst day, we're deadly. I, I, humanly speaking, uh, we're selfish. Amen? Uh, that, that, I know that doesn't set well, but we come here selfish, okay? We want what we want, and we want it now. 
And so we're selfish. Uh, we, we think of ourselves most of the time. And, and selfishness tends to leave a path of destruction in its wake. Okay? It, it just tends to do that. There are two kinds of people. And, and you may want to write this down because this will really be important not so much this week as the next couple of weeks. But there are two kinds of people who hurt other people. Okay? Those who don't know it and those who know it but don't care. That's it. They know it and they don't care or they do it and they don't really, they don't really know it. But you know what? It really doesn't matter if you get hurt which type of person it is that hurts you. It still hurts the same. Amen. If somebody offends you, if somebody hurts your feelings, you know what? It doesn't matter if they know it or not. It still hurts. Now, down the road, it may bother you a lot more that they know it and don't care. But very often, we don't know that. It may be on purpose. It may be by accident. It may be known or unknown. It may be a one-time event. It may have happened one time. Or it may happen over and over and over and over again. It may be a continual pattern. But the reality is the emotional pain that goes with it is real. It's real. It really hurts. Now here's one thing you will not hear me say as we go through this study, as, as we learn what the Bible says. You won't hear me say, suck it up. Okay, get over it. You, you won't hear those kind of things because here's the reality of, of emotional pain or, or an offense or when you've been hurt. It hurts. That may not hurt the other person, but it hurts you. So you know what? It's real and it matters. It really does. It matters to God. And so, folks, it, it hurts us. It wounds us differently. I mean, in different ways. And it, and, it, and it wounds us not just differently, but it wounds us deeply very often. Peter came to Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 18. And he had a really good question. He said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? In other words, how many times do, do, do I forgive somebody if they just keep hurting me? Now, the rabbis taught you did it three times. Okay, that was, that was the general teaching of Jesus' day. Peter doubles that and adds one just for good measures and says, Lord, up to seven times. Now, he's genuine here, okay? He's not just asking a question uh, to get some attention. He is genuine. He, he really wants to understand, Lord, how many times do we do it? And you know Jesus' answer. Jesus said, no, I say unto you, Seventy times seven. In other words, what Jesus is saying, not 490 times, but every time someone offends you, someone hurts you, you forgive them. Now, that's hard to do. Amen? Let's just be honest. If you got, let's just say you have a, a neighbor. I'm going to stay out of the spouses, okay? Because <laughs> I are one. Uh, let's just say you have a neighbor, and they just continue to do something that just grates on your nerves. At some point, you know what? You just get tired of forgiving it, don't you? But Jesus says you extend grace, you extend grace, you extend grace, you extend grace. 
And we'll talk about this more as, as, as the weeks progress, but that's what God does with us. God extends grace. You ever have to ask Him to forgive you? I do. It's, it's about daily. Sometimes it's hourly. And you know what He does? He forgives me. He forgives me. And see, we're supposed to be like Jesus. But it's tough. Let's just be real honest here. When you get hurt, and you get hurt over and over and over, it's tough to forgive. And there are some hurts that hurt us so deeply that it's hard to forgive from. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the causes for a few minutes. And, and, and I, do this, I do this not to make you uncomfortable. I just do this because, you know what, there are some times we just really need to take an inward look. And we need to be, let the Holy Spirit remind us. If we're holding on to something. And so we're just going to talk about the causes. And it, I call unforgiveness bondage. Okay? And it really is bondage. And I'll talk a little bit about, more about this in a few minutes. But it, it, unforgiveness doesn't sh- shut the person who hurts you up in a prison. It shuts you up in a prison. Okay? It, sla- it puts you in a cage. It really does. And so it's, it's a bondage. And it's a, it's a prison of our own making. You see, God didn't make it. The devil doesn't even make it. We make it ourselves. We construct it ourselves. We go into it. We refuse to forgive. We shut the door. And you know who has the key? We do. It's called forgiveness. And listen to me. I'll say this. I'll talk a lot more about this uh, probably next Sunday or the next. But you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and ask God to do this and this and this and this. And He will not do it because we will not do what He's told us to do. He refuses to go against His law. And so that that door, that prison stays shut. And a lot of things go on inside that prison. But how do we get in that prison? Well, you know, it, it, an offense is is really a, a sin that's perpetrated against us, or or an offense is something that makes us stumble. That's that's one of the definitions for it. And what happens is 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 they happen. It's like being struck or cut or, or gouged in our flesh. Except most of the time, the wound that we get is not a flesh wound. It's it's a soul wound, or even a spirit. It wounds our spirit, our soul. And, and just so you'll remember, our, our soul is that immaterial part of us that comprises our will and our emotion and our thoughts and our memories and, and our understanding. And, and our spirit is that immaterial part of us that, that relates to God. And very often we get hurt in those places. You know what? Most of the time when you get wounded on your flesh, what happens? It heals over time. Now, sometimes it leaves a scar, right? I, I, you know, I could look on my wrist here, and I've got a scar where a couple of years ago my tendon in my hand kind of froze up, and, and it didn't hurt except I put my hand in my pocket. I didn't realize how many times I put my hand in my pocket. So I had to go get a surgery done for it, and now I've got a scar. I've got other scars. I've got some, one on my forehead where I ran into the, to the bottom of my grandmother and grandfather's car. You wonder, Nelson, you wasn't too tall. No, I tripped and fell when I was a little kid, okay? You've got scars as well. And, and, and so they're scars. You remember it. But, you know, most of the times those scars heal up and, and we forget the pain. 
But folks, those emotional scars and those emotional wounds, they don't heal up until we deal with them. They don't. They're still as, as raw and, as, and still hurt just as much as they did the, the day that happened. And, and, and maybe somebody, maybe that happened to you because somebody called you a name. Maybe they embarrassed you. Maybe they, they hurt your, your feelings. Maybe they cheated you. Maybe they abused you. Maybe they made fun of you. Maybe they used you for their own gain. Maybe they gossiped about you. Maybe they ruined your good name. Maybe they got you fired. Maybe they abandoned you. Maybe they beat you. Maybe they lied about you or cheated you or disappointed you or chose you last or worse than that, didn't choose you at all. Maybe they hurt you in some form or fashion. Whatever it was, it was either a sin against you or an offense. It offended you. Now, a sin is when you come up short of what God commands us to do. An offense is when, we, when someone causes us to stumble, to trip. Whatever you want to call it, it hurts. And it hurts, it's real, and it's, it hurts deep, and it wounds, and it leaves a, a gash in our soul. And You know what, as, as kids, we get hurt. And here's, here's the thing about us as parents. Our parents hurt us. And we're going to hurt our kids. That's why we have to pray. Amen. All of us got hurt as kids. Sometimes it was by our parents. Sometimes it was by a neighbor. Maybe it was an older child. A brother, a sister, an uncle, an aunt, a cousin, a grandmother, a grandfather, a teacher, a coach, a bully. Y'all have bullies? I'm not going to tell you how my daddy taught me to deal with bullies it's a lot different than today i'm just not going into it but it's different than today okay uh you know maybe it was somebody else that may or may not have been given authority over you maybe it's somebody that spoke something over you there's lots of people that speak things over us that have authority over us parents teachers Listen to me. That little limerick that we often say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Do you know who composed that? Satan. Because words do hurt. And words very often set our paths for life, whether we realize it or not. And sometimes it's a word spoken once, by somebody that was frustrated or angry or had a thousand other things on their mind or who were just dadgum mean. That's a nice way of putting it, okay? Just plain mean. You know, it, it, it may have been that they spoke at one time over you or it's something that you heard over and over and over. I mean, words like stupid, dumb, ugly, no common sense. Useless. Fat. Skinny. Blind. Sissy. Wimpy. On. I could go on and on. Okay, Y'all understand what I'm saying. 
You know, it could have been not a word, but it could have been a moment that was very embarrassing to you that took place in, in front of a crowd. Or, or maybe it was in a locker room. Or maybe it was while you were reciting or, or writing something in a classroom. It, it might have happened if, you know, how many of you have been here, you forgot your line in the Christmas play? Have you ever been there? I have. That's, I hate Christmas plays. Okay, I'll just be honest with you. I'm not saying we won't ever have one. I'm just saying I hate them for that reason as a kid. And I hated plays at school. Because inevitably, at some point, I'd freeze up. I'd forget, I'd forget a word, and it's like time stands still. And you know how kids do. They go, <laughs> you know, and, and you feel like everybody's looking at you. And, and all of a sudden, what happens? Shame and all that other stuff and embarrassment. And maybe that happened to you as a kid. Maybe, you know, you were assaulted physically or emotionally. Maybe somebody you trusted. Maybe it was somebody that your parents entrusted you to that that really wasn't trustworthy. Maybe you were lied to. Maybe you were left kind of holding the bag. Maybe you were abandoned by somebody that you trusted spouse, a friend, family member. Maybe you shared a secret with somebody and they weren't trustworthy. And they blabbed it. Maybe this morning you, you struggle with a, with a learning disability or a physical handicap and, and all your life you've heard the jokes. Maybe you were betrayed. Maybe you were cheated. Maybe you were lied to. Listen, whatever it was, whenever it happened, it hurt. And it hurt way down deep. My father used to put it like this, it cut to the quick. And maybe as I've been talking, you remembered it. And it hurt just as much when you remembered it as when it happened. If that's the case you probably haven't forgiven it, okay? And you know what? Maybe it happened a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago, and it hurts right now just like it hurt at the very moment it happened. I heard Dr. Phil say something one time that made a lot of sense. Now, I'm not not doing a commercial for Dr. Phil, okay? But he he, he made a statement. And he says, what happens is when a person gets wounded, if they don't deal with it, that wound never heals. And so it hurts, and it hurts, and it hurts. Even if it was five years ago, ten years ago, it just it hurts just as bad as it did the day it happened. And I thought, you know what, that makes sense. That's exactly what the Bible teaches. And that's why, folks, there's sorrow there and there's pain there. And that's why when God puts his finger on it and starts to move his finger around, it really hurts. I found a splinter this morning I got yesterday. You know how I found it? I just touched my finger. And where I touched my finger, there was something there that wasn't dealt with. And folks, unforgiveness is like a splinter in your soul. The longer I left that splinter in my finger, the more it festers up and the worse it will get. And if I don't take the splinter out, eventually there will be little red streaks that start to run from that. 
And you know where they'll go? I say they'll go to my heart. That may not be medically correct, but I'll die. All from a little splinter. Folks, unforgiveness is like that. You know what? There's no reason, there's no good reason for why things like this happen to us. I've heard all kind of, all kind of explanations. And some of them were just heresy, okay? Listen to me. It's not God's will. that another person hurt another person. It's not God's will. God didn't cause it. God's not responsible for everything that happens. He's sovereign, but He didn't cause everything. And it's not His fault, and He didn't cause it. And you know what? Likely, you didn't deserve it. Many of you have ever heard that. Well, you probably deserved it. That's a lie. Nobody deserves to be hurt. Even mean people don't deserve to be hurt. So what do you do? What do you do? Well, you have to deal with it. You really do have to deal with it. It it happens. And what happens when it happens, folks, we're left with the pain of it and the sorrow of it and the repercussions of it. We have to deal with it. You may not have caused that pain, but you get left with it. And what happens, folks, when we're wounded or offended, guides us through life. It affects us. It's not just one little moment when we're a kid. It's something that affects us for the rest of our life if we don't deal with it correctly. That, that's, that's the cause of really, of unforgiveness. Now, there's a choice that takes place after you or I have been hurt or we've been offended. We have to deal with it. Now, some things, let's just be honest, some things happen to us as kids, and I could, I could get specific, but I'm not because I think you understand what I'm talking about. There are things that happen to us as kids that our little minds as a child are not able to deal with at that moment. If 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 they if, and if God wasn't such a gracious God and didn't give us some some abilities, uh, it would destroy us. Some of some of those events that happen are like bullets into our brain, emotional bullets. And what happens is God's given us a a neat, wonderful, miraculous way to diffuse the impact. And what happens is that that event hits and it, it splinters and it goes all over our brain. You remember when Jesus talked about uh, healing the broken? That's, what, that's exactly what he's talking about, is bringing those things back together and dealing with them. But what happens is those memories hit our brain, and, the, and they shatter. They go all over the place. And as children, very often, when we go through a traumatic event, what happens is, what, well, you tell me what happens. We forget it, don't we? It gets lost for a while. That's just the grace of God. It really is. But what happens is, as we grow and as we mature, that memory starts to come back. And then we have a responsibility to deal with that memory. We have to, to deal with the event, whatever it was. Can't do that as little kids. We don't have the, the ability. We don't know what to do. I mean, I'm just, I'm just not going to go some of those places, but... We don't know what to do. 
as kids. We don't have the, the, the capacity to deal with it. Heck, there are some things that happen to us as adults we just don't have the capacity to deal with. And some adults forget it. And they don't remember it. And so what happens is those memories begin to swirl back up. They begin to surface again, and we have to face them. Now, here's what we typically do. We stuff them back down. We've got a little room we, we have. It's like a garbage can, okay? And we stuff them into that little room, and we lock the door, and we, we nail the, the wood across it, and we paint signs that says, Do not enter, danger, go away, stay away. But, but that's what we do in our soul. And, and we put those, those things that we don't want to face and we don't want to deal with in that room. The only problem is they don't stay in that room. They seep out from under the doors. They come out through the cracks. And we act like they, nothing ever happened to us. We smile. We come on Sunday morning and we look really good. We dress up. And, and you're a great-looking crowd, okay? But I know in, in a group this big, there are people here that hurt. Okay? There are things that have happened to them in their life that still hurt. And so what happens is we, we stuff them into the little room. We act like they didn't happen. We tell ourselves they didn't happen, but they did happen. And listen to me, no memory block, no hidden room, and no denial will keep them pushed down forever. But there comes a place in our life where the Holy Spirit begins to work. And he brings us face to face with whatever that situation or circumstance or event was. And he shows it to us. And we have a choice at that moment. We have to deal with it. Now, I want you to hear me very carefully. I want to say this two or three times because I don't want anybody to miss what I'm going to say. And I don't want you to misinterpret it. Okay? When that person sinned against you, That's their sin. Amen? You didn't deserve it. You didn't cause it. It's not your fault. I want you to hear me, okay? But listen, when the Holy Spirit brings that offense up, or that sin of that other person up, and you have to choose to forgive or not forgive, then you know what happens? Your unforgiveness then becomes a sin. Does that make sense? What they did never is yours, all right? It may have hurt you, but they own responsibility for it. It never gets transferred by God or anyone else, and don't let anyone else do it. Transfer that on your back. They're responsible for what they did. But, folks, there comes a moment when the Holy Spirit says, Nelson, you need to forgive Jimmy for this. Yeah, but God, you don't don't understand. I understand. You need to forgive him for this. And at that moment, I have to make the decision whether or not I'm going to forgive or whether I'm going to obey or not. And, and look, we'll talk. I'm going to explain forgiveness a lot more than this morning. But to forgive just means to pardon. And pardon does not mean to get off the hook. It means to to overlook, and that doesn't mean to look over, okay? That, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It doesn't matter. It's not important. It didn't hurt. It doesn't mean forget it. 
What it means is I pardon this person and I give up my rights to get even and I give that person and what they did, that action, over to God and I say, God, you're the judge. You do whatever. But I choose to forgive this person. I choose to let them go. Now, that doesn't mean, and I, I'm going to say, I'm going to explain this a lot more. That doesn't mean that person, let's just say it was uh, an illegal activity. It was something that's against the law. That doesn't mean that you let that person go scot-free, okay? It, it's, the, it's the justice system's responsibility. For instance, if, if someone shoots someone you love and that person dies and they arrest that person for murder, you know what? You can forgive them for taking that person's life but your forgiveness does not spring them out of that physical jail and get them off the hook for the laws of the land. Am I making sense? Okay. Okay. But there's a choice that takes place. And, 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 and sometimes, folks, what happens is, is we refuse to choose. And in refusing to choose, guess what? We choose. We make a choice. When we refuse to deal with it, we refuse to forgive because most of the time we think at some place, I'll get even. I'll get even. I'll get justice. At some point, you know what? I'll get my chance and they will hurt just as much as I hurt. Listen to me. That is the devil's lie because nobody can hurt like you hurt. There are things that, that could be done to you and to me, and they would hurt me deeply, and you would just go, what's the big deal? You see, we're, diff we're all different. And so when we get hurt, nobody can hurt like we hurt. Nobody can, can, can feel the pain emotionally that I feel over an instant. And so there's really no way to get even, okay? And besides, if somebody doesn't know they've hurt you, and here's the deal about somebody who knows they've hurt you and doesn't care. They don't care. Okay? So you're not going to get even with them. So what happens is that unforgiveness begins to forge some chains. And they don't get on the other person. They get on us. They get on the person that won't forgive. And what you think, you have them right here and, and you're going to get even... Folks, it never happens. And that hurt becomes anger. And anger gets turned inward. And you know what it becomes? Bitterness. It becomes revenge. And, and revenge is, is kind of a poison that, uh, that screams, I want justice. I want them to pay. There's a, there's a, I don't watch this show, but there's a big TV show about revenge on TV right now. It, it's, it's really popular. I want justice. I want them to pay. I want them to feel like I feel. And what happens is that, that bitterness then produces all kind of toxic fruit within you. Remember we talked about staph infection last week? Well, that's staph infection of the soul. And you know what happens when you get a staph infection? If you don't deal with it in the physical realm, you die. Listen to me. 
Staph infection in the soulish area and in the spiritual area kills just as well. It's just as deadly. Hebrews twelve fifteen says this. See to it that no one comes up short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by it many are defiled. Folks, a root of bitterness spreads throughout your soul. It, it gets into your heart. And wherever, whatever is in your heart, guess what happens? It comes out your mouth. It comes out through your actions, through your attitudes. And that root becomes a, a poisonous tree that produces all kind of fruit, folks. And, and, the, and, the, and that fruit is a fruit of death. It, it poisons your ability to love somebody. It poisons your ability to feel, to make choices. To have intimacy, to build relationships, to be a parent, to be a friend, to be a spouse, to be a, a child. That anger, that need to get even produces rot in your soul. And it produces, it poisons every part of us. And folks, it, it poisons our personality. It poisons our emotions. It poisons our soul. And, and, and it, like I said, it's a staph infection that's just running wild. And yet on the outside, we smile. Hey, how are you? I'm doing fine. And on the inside, folks, we're dying. We're hurting. And that hidden wound in your, in your soul and in your spirit, coupled with your refusal to, refusal to obey God and forgive, creates darkness. Okay? Now, I want you all to pay real close attention about what I'm about to say. You won't hear this very often. But I'm telling you, unforgiveness is like no other sin when it comes to us personally. It's the devil's playground, okay? So I want you to listen to me. It creates darkness within us. It creates a, a, a death within us. And that smell of death draws all kinds of things. Unforgiveness gives the devil a foothold in your life. Jesus set you free, Amen? We can rejoice about that. But you know what? I can give keys out again if I choose to. I'm secure in Christ. But you know what? If I refuse to forgive, I start handing keys out. And you know what happens? The devil takes up residence. Does he own you? No. He doesn't. Jesus owns you. Okay? I don't want you to get mixed up mistaken. I'm going to be real clear, I hope, here in a few minutes. Does it mean you're not saved? No, it doesn't mean that. It means your front door is wide open and everything that wants to fly in can. All right? When I was a kid, my grandmother and grandfather had screen door. All right? They lived on Bayview Lake. If you know anything about Bayview Lake, when I was a kid, it was basically an open sewer. All right? Everything that was in Birmingham washed into Bayview Lake. And, you know, it looked wonderful from a distance, but it was nasty. Every morning you could hear, and it was the guy spraying the lake for mosquitoes. Okay? It didn't help a bit. Every afternoon about 3 o'clock, you need to make sure your doors were shut because mosquitoes would come from the lake looking for something to eat and a place to hide. And if the door got left open, guess what? You'd be fighting them all night long. 
Folks, unforgiveness is like leaving the screen door open. The devil doesn't even have to pause. He doesn't even have to check up. And so what happens is that unforgiveness creates a little island in your life that's dark. And it gives the devil a foothold and a base to work from. And and the, the demonic host no longer have to attack you from the outside. They've set up a tent city on the inside. Now, I want you all to listen really close to me, okay? I don't want anybody to miss this. The Bible does not teach possession, oppression, and all those other things. The Bible teaches demonization. That's the Greek word. Had a demon. Whenever you read possessed and things like that in your Bible, the translators added that because they didn't have another word that worked, okay? So, so... Y'all with me? I'm not talking about... uh, There are lots of people that believe that Christians can't be attacked by the devil, that they can't be oppressed by the devil. That's a lie, okay? The devil can't own them. But you know what? If your front door is open, he can come in and set up camp. All right? So here's the bottom line. It doesn't matter if he's sitting on your shoulder or he's working from an area of darkness in your soul. You are still demonized in a sense. Does that make sense? I hope I haven't confused anybody. I have some people. Y'all looking at me like a calf at Newgate. Okay? Jesus cast out some demons in the synagogue. Why? Because they came with a guy who was a member of the synagogue, who was a good Jew. But he had some darkness in his life. See, we, we think of that stuff and we think of Legion running around the cemetery with no clothes on and broken chains all over him. You know, sometimes it looks like the person sitting next to you. And what happened is, if, is if when we refuse to, to forgive folks, we open the door and we invite them to come in. We send out invitations. You say, well, why is that? Because when I refuse to obey, I mean, when I refuse to forgive, I disobey God. And I say, God, your grace is sufficient for me, but it's not sufficient through me to anybody else. I'm not doing what you say. Folks, that's rebellion. That's what that is. You say, whoa, that's why it's so serious, folks. And when there's rebellion within us, there's darkness. I want you to turn over. And we're not going to go through this whole parable today because we we just don't have time. We're going to come back to it. But I told you we were going to spend some time in Matthew chapter 18. Jesus tells a parable. uh, And he uses the parable to teach some lessons. And the story is, and we'll we'll look at this closer in the next few weeks, but there was a, a king who had some servants. And he called, He it was debt collection time. It was time to to get my money back from from my servants that, that owe debts. And he calls one in, and this guy basically owes more than he could ever pay. Okay? Jesus uses a number that that is so far-fetched in the people's mind that they readily understood that there's no way to pay this back. See, we, we want to we wanna translate it into dollars and cents and all that kind of stuff. Let me give you a, a, what they heard. In Jesus' day, there I think I think it's fifty uh, talents of silver or fifty talents it was the was the collection of the Roman tax collectors for all of Galilee. Okay, that's a 
pretty good chunk of change. And, and Jesus uses an amount that's, that's multiplied times whatever when he comes up with his talents. And so they knew there's no way to forgive this. And so the master calls this slave in. He says, well, hey, it's collection time. I'm going to have to sell you, your wife, your kids, everybody. And, and the man falls on his knees and cries out, please, 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 I will pay you back. And, and what does the master do? The Bible says they felt compassion in his heart. And he said, in one stroke, you know what? Your sins, your debts, are, they're wiped away. You don't owe me anything. You don't owe me anything. The man gets up. He goes out. He meets Bubba, who owes him a buck fifty-nine. He grabs him around the neck and says, Pay me back. Pay me back. Bubba doesn't have any money either. So he puts him in prison. The master gets wind of it, calls him back in, throws him in jail. And there's a, there's a passage, a verse, in Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to read verses 34 and 35. It says, and his, Lord, and his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. He handed him over to the torture. What in the world does that mean? Here's what I believe it means, okay? I believe that, that God withdraws his protection a little bit. And the enemy has a chance to attack you in places that he didn't have before. I believe the torturers, folks, are demonic spirits. I really believe that. I've dealt with enough people who were dealing with unforgiveness to see it over and over and over and over. And I'm going to say some things in the next minute or two that, that may challenge you, okay? But what happens is God removes that full protection. Why? Because somebody hurt me? No. Because now I'm, I'm, I'm messed up because somebody did this to me or they did that to me? No. He, re, he, he cover, removes that covering because I refuse to forgive. I won't do what God says to do. And so he removes the, the protection a little bit. And what happens is the enemy sets up camp. And he begins to work. Folks, listen to me. Where sin lingers, the devil lurks. Okay, you can just write that one down. Where sin lingers in our lives, the devil lurks there. And if forgiveness is not granted, what happens is, is, is all of a sudden the curses begin to work themselves out in my life. And very often what happens is that the sin or the offense that was perpetrated on me, I repeat on somebody else. So that's, that's pretty tough. That's pretty hard. Folks, you just look at statistics. If you don't believe it, people who abuse, sexually abuse other people were typically abused themselves.
People that emotionally abuse people were probably emotionally abused. Very often, physical abuse. Little boy, little girl saw it out of their daddy or their mama. And guess what happens? They repeat it. You can go on to a lot of other things. We call these things, I call these things generational sins. Okay, that's what I call them. Now, there are other names that others call them. But you can look at divorce. You can look at, at, at unfaithfulness. You can look at immorality. You can look at pornography and alcoholism and drug abuse and a lot of other things. And what happens is we don't forgive the sin that was perpetrated against us. And what happens is we typically get involved in it at some level. Or it's a tool that we use to hurt other people with. Why? Well, one sin's perpetrated on a, a family member, and that person never forgives, and, and then they repeat the same behavior. And then it gets into what? Your family line. And then you start to trace family histories, and you start to see this stuff. Boom, 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 boom. How did it get there? One person chose not to forgive and to deal with it. And their poison spread to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation. Folks, sin, no matter how large or how small, no matter whether it's known or secret, affects everybody. And folks, there are things within us that if we are not willing to forgive, our kids, our kids, it doesn't mean they will do this but there's a, a door open into their lives that, that we need to shut. Does that make sense? Okay. I'm not going to belabor this, but very often that happens. Sometimes the person that uh, refused to forgive becomes a control freak. Y'all know any control freaks? Got any in y'all's family? A lot of times it's because they won't forgive. Everybody has to do exactly what I say and what I want when I want it. You know why? Because at some point in their life, they were in a situation that was out of control. And they had no way of controlling what was being done to them, what was being perpetrated against them. And now, they're never going back there again. You say, wow. Sometimes they get to be bitter people. Harsh people, cold people, uncaring people, unfeeling, numb. Sometimes, you know, you, 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 you're so hurt and you're so numb that, that you turn to other things hoping they'll give you some kind of feeling for life. I, I, I know some people that do all these kind of crazy sports. It's not because they enjoy it. It's because they need to feel something. Sometimes it's drugs. Sometimes it's alcohol. Sometimes people get ill, physically ill. All right? They come down with a disease or a crippling affliction. I've seen people, I've ministered to people who are experiencing all kind of physical conditions. And the doctor was giving them all kind of medications. And none of the medications were doing anything except numbing them. And when they came to that place where they were willing to forgive... All those things disappeared, and their health returned. I've counseled those people. God healed the tormentor's work once 
They took the key and opened the prison door. Folks, unforgiveness is a prison cell that a person steps into based on their personal choice and shuts the door behind them. You can pray, like I said a while ago, you can pray and pray and pray that God do something. But God will not do anything until I open that door back up. Once I put that key in the door and say, God, I choose to forgive so-and-so, that door springs open. God floods in. And God begins the process of healing you. See, forgiveness is a process. But it's not a process that God initiates. It's a process that we initiate and God finishes. God completes. Folks, unforgiveness is an act of our will. It's a refusal to obey a direct command from God. And it's a refusal to do for somebody else what God has done for me and for you. See, we want to... We want to take sin and put it in categories so we don't look as bad as that person or that person. Folks, sin is sin. Adam and Eve took a bite of fruit directly against what God told them to do from a specific tree that he told them not to eat from. Okay? They didn't kill anybody. They didn't lie to anybody except themselves. They ate a piece of fruit, but they disobeyed God. Sin is sin. And folks, to put it in in stark, just plain terms, when you or I refuse to obey God and to forgive, we are in rebellion. We're in rebellion. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. He says, For if you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men, then your heavenly Father will not forgive your transgressions. Well, I don't know about you, but I thought God forgave us for everything. He does. But there's some conditions on some things. See, if I'm not willing to extend the grace he extended me, why should he extend me any more? You say, Nelson, that's pretty tough. That's pretty Bible, okay? You, you just study forgiveness throughout the New Testament when Jesus is talking. And what I just read, he will say over and over and over and over again. Unforgiveness is a big deal. Folks, and it is killing us. It's killing us. Is there a nice, easy answer to this? Well, I guess if if we listen to Jesus, there is. Forgive. But is there any other way I can... Get around this stuff? No, there's not. 
There's not. I have to forgive. You say, well, I've been taught all this stuff about forgiveness, and I'm supposed to forgive and forget. Just forgive. Just say, you know what, you know, I no longer want to collect the debt for this. That's really what... Let me give you this illustration. When I was in the plumbing business, every year I would get one or two customers that would call me, and they would call me needing work done, but they knew they were never going to pay for it. They didn't have the means or just wasn't going to pay for it. There are real people out there like that. If you've ever been in business, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so I would go, and, and I would do the work, and they would never say anything about not paying for it. Oh, yeah, I'll send you a check. Check's in the mail. I'd leave them a bill. At the end of the year, I've got my, my ledger over here of paid and unpaid. Well, I have to figure out what I'm going to do. I've sent them... After three months, hey, I hadn't got that check yet, you know. I make a call. And end of the year, though, I have to decide, what am I going to do? Well, I have an option. I can go to small claims court. Now, let's just say they owe me $100. That's not a lot of money. It is if you're working for yourself. It's a big deal. But I will have to hire an attorney, and he's not going to charge $100. And so I, ultimately, I, if, if all goes well, I'm going to get my $100. But then I'm going to owe so much money to everybody else that it's really not worth it. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So what I have to do is I have to mark through their account. I have to forgive the debt. And folks, that's what forgiveness is. It's choosing to, to take the pain and everything else that goes with the hurt and absorb it. And let God deal with it. That's all forgiveness is. It doesn't mean that what they did wasn't wrong. You know what? I've got some, I, I've got some folks that owe me money right now, and it'll always be wrong. And every time I see them, I will let them know, you know what? You owe me money. You owe me money. I'm not going to dog them. I'm not going to pursue them. I'll never get my money. I don't forget it. There are nights I wake up thinking, you know what, oh, so-and-so owes me this, this, and this. But you know what? I've forgiven the debt. It's not going to affect me anymore. I'm not going to lose sleep about it anymore. I'm going to move on. And folks, that's what forgiveness does. It allows us to move on, and it allows God to heal the wound. See, as long as I don't forgive, the wound stays just as raw as it was the moment it happened. In fact, it may be even rawer. It may even hurt worse. But the moment I offer forgiveness, God begins to work in that wound. And over time, He does what has to be done. And I may carry a scar. And I may learn some lessons. But you know what? I'm not in prison anymore. I'm free. What happened to me does not define me anymore. That event, that, that name, that comment that so-and-so made no longer defines me. It no longer has control over me any longer. See, the only reason it has control is because I give it control. Unforgiveness takes that away.
I mean, it, it adds to that. Forgiveness takes it away. Now, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look deep at what forgiveness is. Next week, I think what we're going to do is, is look at Jesus and what he did for us. See, we know the, the story. He died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. But we don't really understand what our sins really are or what how black they are. Because if we did, forgiveness is not a big issue. It's not a big issue. Jesus forgave me. I deserve to die. I deserve to pay for my stuff. And he died in my place. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I don't really know how to close this. I'm just going to ask God to... Father, I pray right now. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.